Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. And welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is Blake. I'm joined by Senior Pastor Joey Hill and Mr. Matt Ragsdale, Student Pastor, Worship Leader, both here at High Point Community Church. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Wonderful. Today is November 21st, 2022. We're coming to you to review November 20th, 2022. But today or this week is the beginning of Thanksgiving week. Yes, it is. And... uh what, so what do you guys have planned this weekend? Um, or this week, sorry. Yeah, so we're the drivers of the family. So we will leave early Thursday morning to go to my family in Silicaga. My parents host Thanksgiving mm-hmm. there. And um, so we'll eat an early lunch, probably 11 or so. And then um, we'll turn around and come back up to Hayden, where Cherish's family is, and try to be back around 3 for that and probably spend the rest of the evening there. And who hosts for her family? Uh, her sister, um, okay. Stanton and Chelsea. They they host okay. over there in Hayden. So When Cassidy and I first got married, we had grandparents. You know, like her family was still doing two gatherings, mm-hmm. and my family was doing two gatherings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a lot. Yeah. And a everybody lot. wanted to eat lunch. Yep. Oh, yeah. On, thir- on the Thursday of Thanksgiving. That's so. it. Now we're down to just two as well. What so. what stinks right. is like um, the in Hayden they like to fry the turkey. They're gonna fry the turkey this year, mm-hmm. and so like a big part of it for the guys is like just hanging out while the turkey's being fried. So I'm I'll miss out on that part. But <laughs> yeah, what about you, Joey? Well, we've we've got it narrowed down to two. We'll do my family on Thursday, and then we'll do her family on Friday, mm. but. You know, her family, because we're doing it on Friday, they get a sleepover. So uh-huh. nice. <laughs> so we stay the night. We we used to do that with my family. We would do our family on Friday, but then my brother's uh, schedule, because he lives out of town, is they have to alternate, you know, if they're going to be here with us on the day of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. then they'll, uh, they'll be with uh, his wife's family in Memphis on the day of Christmas. Yeah. And so they alternate. And so this yeah. year they're coming here early and then because they couldn't do late for either. So they're they're coming here early. So we're yeah. actually doing Thanksgiving today, this afternoon on Monday yeah. with my family. And then they will be with us mm. like right at Christmas. So it's it's mm. crazy when you have people who live out of town like that, you know. Do y'all feel like do y'all feel like it's overrated to actually celebrate something on the day it's happening? Certain things. Yeah, like Thanksgiving, like yeah. whether I have it on Friday, Thursday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like well, I mean last Wednesday when we did Thanksgiving for the church here, like that felt just as as good as if it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. True. You know? And then uh, one year, I think it was just a couple of years ago, y'all may remember this, but my family, 
uh, my brother's family wasn't able to be with us on Christmas, and then he had responsibilities at he had responsibilities at the church the week of this. Christmas yeah. because you know for any church right there at Christmas is going to be a busy time. So right, and they have like they had like a special Christmas Eve service and stuff like that, and he wants to have Christmas with his family, but it was their year to be with his wife's family on Christmas, so they had to handle all their responsibilities there. And then on Christmas Day night, load up and drive to Memphis and do uh, the day after Christmas with her family. Mm. And then they wanted to spend time with him because they had not seen him a lot, you know. Mm. And so they spent like three or four nights there. And then we ended up doing Christmas with our family after the new year. And I remember I that. Loved it. I bet you did. I loved <laughs> I it. I remember you coming back saying for it was gifts. awesome. Yeah. Well, because what were the benefits? My, well, my birthday is December first, so normally the month of the month of December is like a giant celebration for me anyway. Because <laughs> it's just I just I throw my party hat on right after Thanksgiving and I don't take it off till New Year's. There so, you go. But uh, that was really the case because I I think I don't think we did Christmas until like it was like the fourth or fifth of January. Or something like that. It was hmm. it was way after. Hmm. So, well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's not like Jesus was born on the twenty fifth. You know, yeah, so. just spread it out. <laughs> yeah. Just give it, you know, as much time as I can get. Um, yeah. Speaking of, tell me if this is wrong, but last year, um, Cherish's family, a bunch of them were sick, and the flu was going around. Um, last year, and so we we actually did not have her family get together for Christmas. And we still have everybody's gifts. <laughs> like what? we we never made up for it. <laughs> what? We never. So the plan was just sitting in a closet. They they always get together on Christmas Eve. Yeah. That's well, ever literally like three people had the flu and everybody else was kind of feeling cruddy. So they decided, hey, like let's just like wait a week or something and we'll get together for New Year's and do Christmas then. Well, that never happened. And so we still have the gifts that we bought for people sitting at our house. Are you talking about <laughs> gifts for for her mom, her sisters? Uh, yeah. Well, so <laughs> the way they do it is it takes well, regifting to a whole nother level, right? Yeah. So the way they do it is, um, everybody draws a name. So it's not like I gotta buy everybody a gift. I right. buy one person a gift, sure. but everybody will buy like Angie, her mom, something and Gaga, the, the her grandmother, everybody will buy them. Which something. is an awesome grandmother name, yeah. by the way. Um, and and yeah. everybody Gaga. calls her that. Gaga. Okay. I didn't even know her real name until like a year ago. <laughs> and we've been married for three years, <laughs> but like uh, literally she goes by true. that. I promise. But anyways, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, We've got real nice gifts sitting in in our closet somewhere that are so, a year old. I'm just trying to think. There hasn't been one situation come up where y'all didn't think we need to get. We need them to their swap. Gift. Oh, that yes. has yeah. that has happened. Like, man, we really need to give did this you, gift to God. Did you right? get your gift? No, from that gathering. No. And did Cherish get hers? No. Okay, so no, then I, I, that, that's better. Yeah. yeah. That's so, like, better. the gathering just never happened. It was intended to. But we just never ended up getting. So making here's it the question: Are those gifts irrelevant now? That's what I was gonna say. Or can you? it could get real awkward? <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have fit you last it year. It would have fit you last year, <laughs> but you had to have that extra turkey. Yeah. Well, um, believe it or not, the gifts are still relevant. Um, How fast them feet grow? <laughs> because so we we always like 
I'm I'm kind of like the don't make me guess, tell me what you want kind yeah. of thing for yeah. Christmas. And so it, that part makes it easy. And so usually they're like, man, like it is Christmas. Like just give me some cash or something. And I'm like, all right, here you go. You know what I mean? But we do yeah. have a really nice <laughs> gift for Gaga that uh, it's been a year long in the wait. So. I can't wait for him to give him that gift. And she's <laughs> going to think of about a million times she needed that gift <laughs> Throughout last year. The year. Over the year. <laughs> wait, does she know that you're holding her gift? Or, hey, is she know. coming expecting two gifts? <laughs> That's a great question. That is a great question. What The only downfall is we had to buy, we, we both drew um, kids' names, and so we had to buy, like, a toy for, for kids. And I know for a fact that one of the toys that we still have that was super popular last year is now, like, irrelevant. Uh, so Sure. Oh, wow. You yeah. missed that moment. Yeah. Yeah, my my cool big no thing, more. our family would be like, if me and Brownie knew it was, say, like an air fryer or something mm-hmm. like that, there would be moments where we'd just be like, we need to just go ahead and open that gift and <laughs> yeah. use it ourselves, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, if it, was, if it was something that you actually needed. Well, mm-hmm. uh, keeping in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I've got, I've got a good one for you guys today, all right? Say what? I don't know why I feel the need to let it play all the way out. Because you like that when that bass drops. I like how it ends. So I'll give you I'll give you guys part of the headline. I want you to finish it. See how good you are. Okay. Okay. Can't touch your phone. All right. A blank. Fill in the blank. This Mm -hmm. is what you guys have to guess. Fill in the blank. Pound. Minnesota pumpkin was crowned the winner at this year's way off. This is this is from October eleventh, two thousand twenty-two. It's over a thousand. Well, that's for you to guess. Like, I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to go 1,200. 1,200 pound? Yeah. That's big. Yeah. Okay. You got to say mm, 800. 800? Mm-hmm. I threw you off there. You did? Yeah. A 2,560 pound pumpkin. Yep. That's over a ton. Some people turn in temporary pump to, turn into temporary pumpkin enthusiasts during the fall season, but for others, their passion for pumpkin is so giant. You see what they did Please there? Stop. Yeah, Please stop. that it draws them to a unique type of competition. On Monday, the Safeway World Championship Pumpkin Wayoff commenced. Where does this take place again? 49th year in Half Moon Bay, California, and that pumpkin came from Minnesota. I, I had that thought too. So that means they p- picked up a 2,500 pound pumpkin and transported it. They had to put it on the back of like a flatbed or, yeah. like, you know, um, the winning pumpkin weighed in at 2,560 pounds and belonged to Travis Geiger, a horticultural teacher from Minnesota, 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 <laughs> Minnesota, Minnesota. <laughs> Geiger also took first place in 2020 with a 2,350 pound pumpkin. So he, he bested himself. Wait, same pumpkin? No. Different, no, different pumpkin. Yeah, they they this is grown in one year. What? Yeah, one year. Yeah, the pr- prize pumpkin said, an, "I get." Well, I don't know that. Never mind. I may have just misspoke. The prize pumpkin set a new North American record, according to organizers, but it did not beat the current world record, which was set in 2021 by a 2,703 pound pumpkin. Wow! In Italy, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. All right. Hmm. Well, what's y'all's thoughts? 
I'd like to know the dimensions, just personally. Uh, actually, in one of the photographs, they are measuring it. So, I mean, I'm sure you're measuring that in feet, right? But they have it. Do they have like a regular man standing next to it? Like, yeah, you, you want to see a picture? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's a big pumpkin. <laughs> it's a uh, what color? It's not orange. It's not your traditional pumpkin orange. It's uh, it's that white with the green, little bit of green in there. Yeah, you'll have to describe it to the listeners of the audio yeah. only podcast. And it's laying on its it side. Just <laughs> yeah, laying I, on its I, side. I'm try I'm weighing whether or not I should say what my first impression was when I saw it. <laughs> that thing it's, is uh that yeah, is a big that's, that's why, do, why do things that are grossly oversized like that don't look anything like what they normally yeah. are? Oh, you mean they get distorted looking? Yeah. Why? Mm -hmm. Because the weight. I mean, you know what I mean? Because like once it hits, because like you can tell this thing grew sitting that way. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yeah. all flat oh, yeah, on yeah. one side, right? Because of the vine and everything. But yeah, but it's flat on one side, like you couldn't. But like when you say it, your mind goes to like a Cinderella pumpkin. You know? It's oh yeah, like, like nice and orange. Yeah, you can make a carriage out of it, whatever. But mm -hmm. that honestly looks like it looks like a blob. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. Yeah, like. You think them white? I can't and, tell you what I originally thought, but it looks like it's nasty looking. You think those white and greenish ones? You think they eat as good as the orange ones? <laughs> <laughs> that's we, we need a pumpkin expert to answer. That I do question. Wonder, I, that's a great question because you know, like fishermen will tell you, like the larger fish don't taste as good as the smaller. They don't fish. eat as good. No, mm -mm. Mm. but I'm wondering if there's a. Di I wonder if there's a difference in the taste between the white, whitish ones and the orange and the ones. orange. But I don't eat pumpkin. So, in any form. I, I take that back. I have eaten before in the past. I have eaten roasted pumpkin seeds. Those are really good. If they're done well, they yeah. are. Mm -hmm. hmm. I like pumpkin pie. Do you? I really do. I yeah. don't. I love it. At all. But I got to have whipped cream with it. Maybe hmm. that's the yeah. That's the caveat for me. It's got to have it. Hmm. Eating it. Eating it plain is like drinking coffee without sugar. It's just... Awful. <laughs> I can't even the recall. The way a man drinks it. <laughs> no, the way a man drinks it. <laughs> I can't even recall the last time I tried. You probably pie. drink Black Rifle, don't you? <laughs> what do you um, drink? What kind of coffee do you drink? So, uh, am I allowed to you, say? You're sitting over here with your why camo you my, my thoughts on that Black Rifle Coffee Company. What are you talking about? He's uh, He told me, he said... He he he's guessing that I drink black rifle. I'll be honest. I Are think you about it, to get super political? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 drop no. A conspiracy I just, theory. In my in in my honest opinion, I've had it and I've had several different types of theirs, and it's just like overpriced Folgers. Ooh, ouch. Ooh. So, but I do Man. drink my coffee black. Ooh. Well, and you strong. just killed that company with all of our millions of listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate that um, that opinion though. Because mm. at least that at least lets me know that you're not just like a fanboy. No. Oh. <laughs> no. Like you, you don't buy the brand. No. The, brand. the only one that I did like, they have a, uh, they have one that they created that's like intended to be like early, like for early morning gym goers. Yeah. Called uh, Fit Fuel, and it's like I don't know the difference in it, but it's kind of like hey, instead of drinking pre workout, drink our coffee. That one is okay, but the rest of them aren't that great. So let me ask you this. And I know we're getting off the pumpkin here yeah. and on the coffee, but we do have pump. The, the connection is we do have pumpkin spice uh, creamer in our church. But yeah. uh, 
for all our coffee. But <laughs> so Laguna Beach Christian Retreat Center in Panama City Beach. Yeah. Does their call? Do you even remember drinking their coffee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I can tell you and I are not going to agree. Yeah, it's it's not. Here's the thing: I'm a coffee snob, and I like buying whole bean and and grinding the beans at home, so it's more fresh. Okay. So, but yeah, yeah, I drink coffee black, but yeah, it's it's. I just, can tell you, I you know. I practically lived there for yeah many years, and I can tell you their coffee. I had to ask them what kind it was. It's some weird name hmm. that they get, but it's the best coffee I've ever had. Wow, straight up. Hmm. They just brew Paul it. Abdul straight up. Do they, do, they, do they brew it any different way, or it's not even percolated? Hmm. Like, oh, anyway, I wouldn't know. Anyway, I wouldn't know a good cup of coffee if somebody came up and threw it in my face. Yeah, <laughs> that would hurt. But. You have upped your game though in coffee, though. You, you how so? You, well, you started, started drinking, drinking latte the, stuff, the iced coffee stuff. Yeah, I did. I did start drinking iced coffee some, but it's just because there's so much of it in my house because I live with a bunch of teenage girls. I was about to say, man, D now. By the way, you did a great job at D now. Thank you. Uh, we had high school girls at our house. Oh yeah, they destroyed the iced coffee. Like it was like. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that can't be good for you. And what's crazy is much. we gave them iced coffee here. Yes. <laughs> the yes. Friday night. <laughs> All I the know. host homes were Isn't like, thanks crazy? a lot, Matt. <laughs> because let's be honest, for from coming from two guys that drink coffee, is iced coffee really coffee? No. I mean, well, like, is it? It's, it it's, has its moments. It's, I mean, it's, it's got cold, coffee in it. It's cold brewed. It's got coffee in it, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you take one of the like those international delights, or you take a Starbucks oh, thing, and you open yeah. it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Right. No, that's not coffee. That's like a that's like chocolate flavored. Yes. Coffee milk. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like you know, that's coffee true. flavored chocolate milk. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've never seen a group of people love and support a business as much as middle school and teenage girls do Starbucks when they don't actually consume the main product that they sell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's you know what true. I'm saying? That's yeah. true. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, I mean, and and not just Starbucks. Some of them, I mean, they... Dunkin'. Dunkin'. They, they destroy Dunkin'. Mm-hmm. I mean... Which McDonald's black coffee is way better than Dunkin'. Way better. Like, easily better. Mm-hmm. But... Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks is Pike Place blend. It's like their general house blend coffee is phenomenal. That's what we buy at the house. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't know. I just, I just know that they spend a lot of money, and they go in large groups. Yeah. to Dunkin' and to Starbucks <laughs> to get iced coffee, which is not really coffee. No, it's yeah. not. And do and, and my question is, kids out here who just don't have readily they're not really accessible to Starbucks or Dunkin'. Like they, they yeah. have to make a trek. No, we have a Dunkin' and Warrior, but right. But like, do you feel like it's more of, of a thing for kids out here because of that reason for lack of access? Or, or you know, you take kids say in Gardendale that can just get it every day, or do you think yeah. it's just well, it's just that it, much of a craze? I think it's a trend, and then they yeah. but it and it drives me crazy. I'll be here at the church. And then, now tell me if this ain't a Joey Hill move, except this is a teenage girl version of it, okay? 
<laughs> may not she be said, much difference. <laughs> she said, my daughter will call me, my oldest daughter. Well, and my middle daughter both. They would call me and say, hey, what are you doing? You know, like trying to be all sweet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing, I'm just at the church. Oh, okay. Are you going to get to come home? Like, yeah, I'm leaving soon. I'm so okay. concerned about it. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but here, and then here's where it's going. Well, do you think, you think maybe you could run by Duncan on your way home and get me an iced <laughs> coffee? Mm. Run. That's the Joey <laughs> Hill part. Joey Hill part. <laughs> run it's by Duncan on my way you home. You mean go past the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mean, you mean six miles on the other side of our house? And yeah. Double back. And then come back to our house? <laughs> no. Should I just pass the house on the way? Do y'all want, can I roll down the window and yell at you on the way by? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, oh, that's yeah. the part that gets me. Yeah, mm. just swing by. Yeah, just swing by. It. Yeah, <sighs> for those I know that's an inside joke because I've messed with Joey quite often about when we're leaving the church, needing to go somewhere. He would say, "Well, let's swing by here on the way," and it's yes. <laughs> totally out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> let's swing by Jasper on the way to Gardendale. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that extreme, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, yeah. so. That brings us to the message from yesterday. <laughs> All right. I, lo- I love how we went from pumpkin to coffee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was okay. great. I like that. Um, and me with my super smooth segue into the message. So we, it wasn't the start of our Beware series, but it was the kind of sort of the start in the fact that the first time you did an intro, then we had baptism week. Am I right? No, no communion. 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 That's mm-hmm. right. Baptism was before that. Uh, communion week. And then this time was when you were really kind of digging into uh, the different parts of it. So Beware is the series that we're doing uh, for the month of November. And it, and uh, the fill in the blank is the God of me is the God of protection. Mm-hmm. And we're in the book of Jude. Yep. And we started off talking about wolves, wolves, wolves in sheep's clothing, and how Jude wants us to be aware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm. Is that correct? That is correct. And then uh, from there, um, <clears throat> kind of these next two weeks, and this is kind of what you introed, or not kind of, this is what you introed in the first week, and these next two weeks we'll be talking about contenders versus counterfeits. Yes. And this week we talked about contenders coming from Jude chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. Care to elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to pop gonna You're just going to see where I stopped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to pop in and get y'all. I'd like to get your thoughts on because when I was saying it, I was like, "I'm when I get in back in Sunday gravy, I'm going to ask the two guys to give me their honest opinion." But like, and because I, I really want to know if you guys are with me on this. But when you do when you do a series like this, where the entire focus is almost like a warning to the church that there are snakes among you there are yeah. wolves in sheep's clothing among you there are tares among the wheat kind of thing mm-hmm. i i have heard those messages my whole life and i've always sure. i've always found myself looking around the church going who is it who is it like who's the snake yeah. in the grass right and uh i'm more judgmental than that are you <laughs> yeah because as soon as somebody starts talking about that i'm like i know who he'd i about. know who he is. <laughs> so he's already done you listening over there <laughs> I'm going to see if he's squirming, you know, but, uh, but no, I mean like, but for me personally, I'm, 
I've always felt like that was incorrect to to do that to to look around the church and go, well, you know, he's he's a counterfeit, like you know, he's a he's a, that guy right there is not saved. He's probably Satan incarnate, you know, and and I've always felt like that where the real danger is not in looking around the church and stuff, but it's in the daily conversations that you have with people. Like these are where these people slip in, you know, it's where, um, it's where maybe it's, it might, and it might not even be, and I think cause a lot of times when we say church, we think of just our church. We have to remember it's the capital C church. Like, you know, it could be a coworker. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, it could be the lady that checks you out at Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it, you get into these conversations and this is where these people slip in and start trying to justify moral behavior, which is what Jude was talking about, you know. Well, I, all right. So I, and I was, I was kidding earlier. I don't really think like I know who you're talking about when you said that. <laughs> I, I mean, but I do see where you're coming from and how somebody could go there. Um, but I, honestly, what I think of is, and I get maybe this is just my natural bend, you know, because like you could get up there and be, you could talk about, any type of sinful, um, in one sense, it's like, okay, no, I wouldn't do that. But in another sense, like, I guess, and like I said, my bend is towards the side of, I lean towards the side of recognizing my sinfulness. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. like, I I take it as like a warning or like an assertion. In other words, it's like, oh, I could totally be that without knowing that I'm not that, but, but really, I get what I'm saying is I, t- I take all that as like a warning is like, don't be that, like, don't be that, that guy. Don't be that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's because that's, I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't both of you agree with the fact that most people who are wolves in sheep's clothing don't realize that they're wolves? Yeah. See, that's a great question. I mean, how how do you know the answer to that question? I know. Well, yeah. that, you know? but to see, that's what I'm saying. I take, I take most of the passages on this is like their heart examination passages. Yeah. When it, when yeah. when address now, don't get me wrong. I, I do, I'm with you. I I'm do you. think that yeah. there are intentional things that do happen and take place, and those are the kind of wolves that you need to walk right in front of the firing squad. You know, sure. but but there are there are others that are totally unintentional. And it's just part of their sinful nature, just as 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 we all are. We're all sinful. In other words, I'm saying we all have a tendency, or not a tendency. We all have the uh, ability to be a wolf at any moment, at any one given moment in time. Absolutely. And so that that's how I tend to receive passages mm-hmm. like that. So, although I do realize there is a difference. There is a difference between someone who has a. Um, because I'm saying that, and then some people would say, well, no, he's not talking about people who are like actual children of God. You know what I mean? Right, like he's, right. he's calling out a totally different group yeah. altogether. Yeah. And and so I recognize that, but at the same time I'm saying I receive passages like that is to uh, guard my heart against that. Yeah. And and by yeah. guarding my heart against it, then what 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 that does is – one is it guards my heart against it, but two is it also helps me recognize it easier. That's true. That's true. And so. and and the message kind of went that direction anyway because we we talked about contend. You know, when you become a contender, yeah, it's not about feeling having this natural, you know, 
I guess maybe just that natural tendency to think, okay, well, God's calling me to fight off, you know, the wolves, you know, and others and stuff. But, you know, if you guys remember, there was a point in the message where I said, contending starts at home first. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a contender against yourself. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the most um, capable person in your life to distort the word of God is you. Yeah. To take the word of God and change it to fit your circumstances, to, mm-hmm. to, to make it something that you can live with. Like the hardest thing about scripture is when it's, when it feels like you're swallowing a watermelon, you're like, well, then maybe I'm not looking at it right because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not landing on me. Right. And so that's when I think people start manipulating scripture and right. that kind of thing. So I agree with you, but I guess my, the reason I ask that is because I think in a lot of ways, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people hear that and they feel like they've got to like, you know, put up arms or get into this fighting spirit, you know, or whatever. And, you know, it's, it, it honestly, it's, I guess what I'm saying is it sounds very almost Hitler like. It's like, yeah, we need to purge these people, you know? Yeah. And, 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 but the reality is, is you, you, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. You won't know it. Yeah. They're, and, and probably for a lot of the reason, like you said, they don't even realize these wolves and sheep's going, don't even realize that they're doing that. Right. You know, I so. do, I do have something to speak to that, but, uh, I think it's later on because you kind of, okay. you kind of circled back to that idea. Uh, like you said, I've got, you know, what is a contender? What does it mean to be a contender in the church or a contender for the faith? Mm-hmm. Contender equals the real deal, you know, and, um, contender in defending the word of God and the gospel. Um, the, I like the point that you made right after that. You said um, in reference to Jude not name dropping and yeah. how he referred to Jesus versus how he referred or how James was referred to and Jesus was referred to, mm-hmm. and um, that you know James was his brother, but Jesus was his master because yeah. he was the uh, uh, he re- referred to himself as was it follower of I can't remember the act how servant it, servant of Christ mm-hmm. brother of James yeah I thought that was a really good observation yeah. Um, and then you, from there you went into the whole idea of what is a servant, you know, a yeah. servant, and the the original language uh, points to you know bond servant mm-hmm. or slave. Yeah, yeah. And two types of slaves. You stop me whenever you want to. Just jump no, in. no. Keep keep rolling. <laughs> two That's types good. of slaves. You had the um, you know captives of war type slaves yeah. or people who were born into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I like that as well because a bond servant would be someone who could say that they were bought with a price, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, you know, we obviously know what that price was. The, That's right. Um, and that and that that whole concept of bond servant, I think the Bible uses it a lot. Which I referred to the Apostle Paul, Jude, and other writers of the New Testament gladly and honorably considered themselves bond servants. They called them, they introduced themselves, Paul, a bond servant of Christ, mm-hmm. Jude, a bond servant of Christ. And so that whole idea of being bought with a price, a bond servant, being a slave, um, was the perfect analogy that for the New Testament Testament writers to help us understand what it means to be in a relationship with Christ. Yeah. He, he is the master. You know? I thought of, because you used the the statement, the value of something is determined by what you'll pay for it in yeah. reference to the bond service. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a really kind of serious moment and serious point. But I thought mm-hmm. about like when I used to cr- collect basketball cards when I was a kid and would walk up to my dad and be like, this one's worth $25. He's like, 
not if somebody won't give you twenty five dollars for it. That's a great. That's a great point. <laughs> exactly. It's only. It's only worth. His line was. It's only worth what somebody will give you for it. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> and so that was. Uh, you know, the value of something is determined by what you'll pay for it. Well, mm. Jesus paid it all. That was the point you made. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, bond servant. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are his bond servant. You are his slave. Yeah. And so the point of the message is: Are you a slave? Are you a bond servant? Or are you a counterfeit? And then you went into the whole um, idea of you know signing away your rights because that's what a bond. Yeah, how did that does. hit you guys? I mean, I mean, I know you can't argue it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, I know how it hit me. Yeah, I I didn't, I think, I didn't like it, even though it's true. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think that is a um, which, like you said, like you can't argue it, and it's yeah. because it's true. Like when you come under the lordship of Christ, like you sign away your rights, and those are words yeah. we don't like to say, especially in the South. Yeah, like we don't like to to say like I'm giving away my rights or stuff like that. Like, yeah. Um, well, go well, ahead. I, I'll say this, like, because this is the point that I wanted to make, but there was just no time. You guys know I went a few minutes over, so you can imagine if I stepped off into a sidebar, you mm-hmm. know. But the what I what I read was a quote from Oswald Chambers, mm-hmm. you know, and the actual quote reads, the passion of Christianity comes from deliberately signing away my own rights and becoming a bond servant of Jesus Christ. I didn't I didn't have time to to point this out, but I think the whole point of that statement was not signing away your rights, even though that is what I focused on during the message. But it was the passion of Christianity comes from deliberately signing away your rights. Like when you look around and you see so much passionless Christianity, so many passionless followers, I think that really ties back to the fact that so many people feel like they've got a relationship with Jesus that in their mind, they think he understands. He understands me. He understands the way I am. And he knows what I mean when I say this or when I don't do that. You know, he's not going to hold it against me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I can spend the next 10 years and just be like, ho, hum, oh, we, oh, just going to church and doing my thing and just being passionless. And to me, when I look around, I see passionless Christians. I think, I think of this. I think of the fact that we are unwilling to allow God to break us of our personal independence. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, there is no passion in our following cross because, frankly, we're still trying to hold on to something else. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and so that that whole passion thing, man, that that could have been a message in itself. But Well, that I think what we're speaking to here is why the gospel is offensive. Right. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. essentially what that what it said, we as people don't like to be told that we're not in control of anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we, that's why we get up, you know, I love, uh, we're in the middle of basketball season now for my, my middle daughter, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I mean, and I'm guilty as anybody, but I think I always just find myself observing at basketball games and how we get up in the stands and we just yell at, oh, yeah. at the referees. Oh yeah. And sometimes we're yelling at the coaches, you know, <laughs> and it's like, why? Because we're not in control. Not in control. <laughs> we're not in control of anything. And if moment. we were in his shoes, we would probably make the same mistakes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yep. 
let's see. Yeah, we talked. Uh, we touched on the signing your rights away. Yeah, is it is my life a uh, is God a means to an end my life a means to an end in my life or is he the end essentially? Mm-hmm. Do I want God? That's kind of where we where we where we uh, settled there and then moved over into contender also being a defender. What does what does a contender defend? And this kind of goes back to the very beginning of kind of where we started there. Yeah. Contender defends the faith, defends the Bible against ourselves mm-hmm. and others. Now this was <clears throat> this was kind of what I was wanting to go back to in terms of of um of uh wolves recognizing wolves mm-hmm. and like you said it's it's not like yes there are there are times when it's like okay this person is clearly a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing and mm-hmm. it's and it can be recognized at times but there's other times where that area is gray and like you said we kind of want to you know play the man and go in there and say this, 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 you know, you got to do this or this person's out, you know, you're out, you're out, you're in, you're out, that kind of thing. Um, when you said that where I thought you were going and I did have to get up and walk out right towards the end of the message. And maybe you said it, I don't, I don't think you did cause I didn't hear anybody say anything about it, but, uh, this is Martin Lloyd Jones quoting Charles Spurgeon. Okay. Hmm. The authority of scriptures is not a matter to be defended so much as it is to be asserted. Mm. I address this remark particularly particularly to conservative evangelicals. I'm rem- reminded of what the great Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said in, in this connection. Quote, there is no need for you to defend a lion when he is being attacked. All you need to do is open the gate and let him out. Yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, Anyway, and he goes on. He says we need to remind ourselves frequently that that it that it is the preaching and exposition of the Bible that really establishes its truth and authority. And so that was mm. that was kind of where my mind went when you were talking about that. Is in defending is like, <clears throat> and it's really the same way when calling out wolves amongst the flock. Essentially, is is like it's not like I'm not calling out anybody. God's word is. Yeah. yeah. And so in other words, instead of instead of arguing about the, you know what I'm saying? Arguing over matters in relation to God's word, mm-hmm. what we need to do is just assert scripture, assert truth essentially yeah. like okay, this is what's true and this is what's true, you know. Mm-hmm. And then and as we assert scripture, it's like it sorts it out. Yeah. And, either, and we don't have to. Either you yeah. fall under it or you don't. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so instead of instead of saying, you know, you were saying God's word said like you you made that point in the mm-hmm. message like what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about this? And so um which I thought I thought was funny when you said, "So your kid wants to get tattooed up like a like a, or, a lizard. like a lizard." I was like, "Where is he going? <laughs> What's he talking about?" What's the Bible say? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Show me chapter and verse about being tattooed like a lizard, Joe. <laughs> it's got to be oh, yeah. somewhere in Ecclesiastes or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. that that was where my 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 thought went to that whole thing about you know the whole Spurgeon quote of you know you don't have to defend a line you just let him out you know yeah. and there's yeah. there, that thing that that quote has been twisted and turned and flipped on its head some oh, people say you know you don't 
you don't have to defend a line. You just let him roar, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. or and then sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's credited to C.S. Lewis because of Chronicles of Narnia. Oh sure, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't he him that said it. It That's was Spurgeon right. that said it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I the the. I did quote Spurgeon on um, when he said, we shall not adjust our Bible to the age, but before we have done with it, by God's grace, we shall adjust the age to the Bible. Oh, okay. And and I think um, ultimately that standing for truth is, is kind of like, because where I was leading to was like, look, if the Bible says do it, do it. If it says don't do it, don't right. do it, right? But where we get all crazy with it is when we're like, well, you know, I wonder if that's really what it meant. And we've allowed, uh, I guess, deception within interpretation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I've, I've been very scary of that as I've listened to the world try to interpret scripture for believers mm-hmm. based on background that they have uncovered, quote unquote, or whatever. Right. And so there's, there's it's such a, it's crazy out there. But what I'm, what I wanted to ultimately get at was that, well, first of all, the greatest, the greatest interpretation of scripture is to live it. Mm-hmm. Like when you live it, mm-hmm. then you'll find out, you'll find out if your interpretation's in or in or off, you know what I'm saying? That's right. And, and so that was kind of my whole thing was like being a contender for the faith or being uh, defending the Bible the greatest thing you could ever do to defend scripture is live it mm-hmm. and adjust your life to it. Mm-hmm. Because then what happens is, is all of a sudden you become the Bible that people see. And then uh, people around you will either be offended by that. They'll mm-hmm. be offended by the gospel or offended by the truth in which you're living mm-hmm. because it feels counter to what they're doing, you know? Yeah. And so ultimately that's why I read John 15, 18, where Jesus said, if the world hates you, understand that it hated me first. Yeah. Like you need to understand, uh, you know, that, if they crucified him, if they, you know, if they spat upon him, you're his bond servant. Yeah. You know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna like what you have to say. And so that was kind of ultimately what I was was getting at was like contending, contending and defending the the Bible or your faith has everything to do with living it and living it out in front of people and letting the chips fall where they may yeah. and quit letting your environment dictate to you what parts of scripture you're going to believe and once you're going to practice, you yeah. know? So, yeah, but I, it reminds me of so many podcasts I've listened to where people were kind of practice, you know, doing apologetics type conversations or whatever, having conversations about faith. And there's so many people, like you said, that will draw conclusions, the world around you will draw conclusions of like, okay, well, you know, they believe this and the Bible teaches da, 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 da. And when they say it, Yep. You know, they stereotype yep. it and that's they kind of capsule up. You'll be sitting there thinking, that's not at all what I believe. Like you <laughs> exactly. like you missed it. Like you missed it big time. And not and not only that, but that's not what it says. Yeah. But so it's like, where do they get that interpretation? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Where I did agree. they get that interpretation? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is this is a cheesy old throwback, but it's uh DC talk. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest single single cause of atheism in the world today is what it, how does it go? Uh, believers who will profess Jesus with their mouth but walk out the, walk door, the door and deny them with their lifestyle. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's so that yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> well, and I think too. I think I and I, I hope I made this point because 
a lot of people would listen to that message and go, oh, well, he's he's on apologetics right now. That was not an apologetic message at all, I don't mm-hmm. think. To call, to call to arms, to defend, to be a contender, that is not an apologetic message. I think I think that is that was a call to be who you are, you yeah. know, because I think a lot of people are like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to defend scripture because I don't know enough about the Bible to defend it. And I'm like, that's not the point, you know, yeah. like if you could take one verse and I've always said this and I've always told people, if you if you struggle with the Bible, you struggle with living it out and everything. I think it's because we've made it too complicated. You need to go back, not hit the reset button, but just kind of clear the mechanism, so to speak. Go back if you're struggling with whether or not, because I know we've got people out there. I've had them say it to my face just within the last couple of weeks. If God is so good, then why? You know, mm-hmm. if 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 God is for me, which y'all say all the time, then you know, then what's the deal with? And 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 my whole thing is like, look. You know, if you're struggling, if you're struggling, believing the the validity of scripture, Mm -hmm. and I know that there are even pastors out there, and I don't know if they'll ever wind up hearing this podcast, but if there are pastors out there right now that are beginning to question the, not just the authority of scripture, but they are, they're struggling with whether or not God is actually ever going to use that to change them personally. Because I've, I mean, there are guys out there struggling with stuff that are in the pulpit every Sunday and they're struggling with stuff that if their church knew. Right. Yeah. So my point is, is that sometimes you just need to clear the mechanism and simplify the matter. Mm-hmm. And I've always said this, I, I told students this all the time, go find one scripture. That's all you need to do. Go find one verse. Then live it. Yeah. That's it. Just go find one verse, put yourself in God's laboratory and go live that one verse. Mm-hmm. Um, because what you're going to find out real quick is that there it is powerful. Yeah. It, it really it can change not only you, but those around you. And um, I'm, I'll tell you what I would love to see. I would love to see groups, small groups of people in our church get to the point to where they say, hey, well, you know what, we're going to get together in a home once a week. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to start in the Gospel of Matthew, start in the Gospel of Luke or whatever, and here's what we're going to do. Anytime Jesus said to do something, we're going to go do it as a group. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go do it as a group. And I'm telling you, it it would change those individuals. Yeah. Uh, this comes up a lot in a Wednesday night Bible study for mm-hmm. me uh, because not with me talking about like afterwards in conversations, like people will say, now what you talked about tonight, I wish you could go with me and sit down with my sister-in-law or I, I wish you, you know what I'm saying? I wish yes, you could go with me and sit down with that. my coworker, that kind of thing. And yep. I'm like, that's not going to do any good. No. I mean, I'll do it, but it ain't, you know what I'm like? That's y- it. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to win the argument the wrong way. Like, or in, in, in that I always try to steer, steer people towards personal testimony. Yeah. Like your testimony, it's, it's Peter standing in front of the Sanhedrin. Like, Look, we're just ordinary men. We're fishermen. You guys know chapter and verse. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. Like, I think what you're saying to me is it's like, God, uh, we misinterpret what God's word means when it calls us to defend the faith. That's right. And even when it calls us to defend the Bible, we totally misinterpret what that means. Yeah. 
because yeah. first and foremost is like, you know, because like Peter standing in front of those guys is like, you guys know chapter and verse. This And then what does he say? This is what we've seen, and this is this what is, we've heard. Exactly. And we can't unsee something, and we can't unhear something. Yeah. And so that's what I always try to do mm-hmm. is turn it back around on somebody and say, tell them what you've seen and what you've heard. Like, that's it. In your life, like yeah. what's happened to you. Yeah. And then from there, you know. And I think that makes them the most powerful person in the room like somebody that's like look i don't have to defend scripture i live it yeah so just come hang out with me because like when when peter finished that whole spill what did it say and these men recognized that he had been with jesus (laughs) exactly (laughs) like that's where (laughs) these unlearned and ignorant yeah they recognize that it says they they reckon and and they recognize that these were just ordinary men yeah and these men had been with jesus (laughs) like what greater compliment Chapter you know? four of Acts, man. Yeah, for it's real. So good. Anyway, yep. So, what about worship? Let's do it. <laughs> it was good. Um, I'm trying to remember our first song. <laughs> <laughs> Glorious day. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. Sorry. By the way, uh, appreciate you being on the stage. Yeah, Blake played keys with us yesterday and, and sang, sang a little bit. <laughs> I hey, told Matt, I was H- like, I'll play keys if I can have a microphone so I can do vocal runs. You did. You did. And by the way, that's it's that's the first time in a long time I've seen you bobbing your head. <laughs> <laughs> you were yeah. over there like bobbing. Well, the guy who doesn't listen to music. <laughs> yeah. Was like, if, you don't, if I don't bob my head, I've got no chance. Like, I've got no chance. Yeah. You lose rhythm. Totally. It was good, though. Um, Kelsey, we, we started out with Glorious Day. Kelsey led it, and then we went into a fairly new one that our church She seems, did good on that, too. Yeah, man, that song, so people, I had actually had somebody ask me about this yesterday. They were like, yeah. I thought. Cause That's a they, male song. Yeah. Well, yes, because um, this person was out in the commons area when when we were starting, and they were like, oh, that's Glorious Day. And then they were like, Matt's voice kind of sounds a little weird. <laughs> and then they walked in, and they realized that's not Matt. That's Kelsey singing. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's two versions of it. There's a the passion version and the original, which Christian Stanfield leads. And then there's a, a female version by a girl named Ellie Limbar. And I'll be honest, I like the female version better. Um, and Kelsey has like a, like, she does really, really good on that song. And so like, I, I have to apologize to her all the time. I'm like, look, I know you sing this song like every other time you're up here, but I love it when you sing this, please keep singing it. So, but yeah, we did glorious day. Um, and then we did a new, uh, somewhat new, we've done it probably three or four times now, uh, redeemed by the blood of the lamb, Mm -hmm. um, which is really catchy, kind of hymn like, um, and then Mm -hmm. we did Jesus, you alone, um, and that, that one's becoming one of my favorites. Um, Holly led it. And then after the message we did living hope. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. Well, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Y'all have, um, we, anything we need to announce coming up here? Just December 18th. We've got, um, our kids play. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. By the way, I have to tell you what, what, um, Hope, who's doing the videoing for the mm-hmm. deal. You know, Xander is, he's Buddy. Buddy the, the elf. elf. Yeah. So he's a main character through yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so Hope looks over at him, he's looking down at his script, and <laughs> here's this kid just sitting there looking at his script, and Hope goes, Xander, you okay? And he looks up at her and goes, no, I'm a little stressed. <laughs> and she went. He's got a good sense of humor. She went. Well, she went. Well, what are you stressed about? And he was like, 
He's like, there are going to be so many people counting on me to be Buddy the Elf, and I got to get it right. Uh, I've been involved with, uh, you know, recording a lot of their lines and stuff, and I was telling his dad, uh, let's see, I guess, oh, it was Wednesday night at, at the Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was telling his dad how he uh, he's, you can tell he, he's really taking it, you know, taking it personal, I guess, you know, but also too, it was funny how they, they came into this room where we've got this studio set up with the boom, you know, booms attached to the table yeah, and yeah. all it looks like a little recording, yeah. like a radio studio or something. And so each one of them, as they walk in here, they're nervous wreck. Mm. They're nervous wreck. So I'm trying to do it's so. overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, I didn't even know this stuff existed here. Right. And then now I'm the one that's going to be on it, you know, and so put headphones on them so they can hear. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> I had to do stuff to break the ice with each one of them. Well, I had to do it quick with him because he's got so much dialogue mm -hmm. that it was like, okay, if we don't get him comfortable really quick, then this is going to this is gonna take forever. And he did. He got comfortable in just a minute or two, and then he was good to go. Yeah. Almost, almost too comfortable because he had to come back and record a few other lines, <laughs> and he come back in the next week to record a few other lines. And he walks in here and he throws the headphones on, steps up to the mic, and I was like, "Okay, here's what we're doing." And he's just nodding at me like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." If, like looking at me like, "If you'll be quiet, I'll do it," you know. <laughs> so I, I was like, "All right, on me." So I hit record. I give him the hand signal to go ahead, and he says the line. And as soon as he says the line, he takes his headphones off and lays them down on the table. And I was like, "Yeah, I think that was pretty good, man. What if we?" Uh, he, and and I start say asking like, "What if we did this another way?" And he's like, "No, I think what we got is pretty solid." <laughs> Pretty solid. <laughs> I think what we got is pretty solid. Like he's the superstar in the booth. Like he's Taylor Swift, and I'm just the, I'm the audio tech. Yeah. Like we're gonna go with what I we're just going did. with what I just did. That's what y'all paid me to do. Well, here's the uh, thing. This is what's so funny about it. So then I put. I'm like, I just start laughing. So I'm like, oh okay. And I'm thinking, okay, if it's not perfect, I can make it work. And then yes. I get down there in my office later on the next day after I've got the audio files and I pull them up, start putting them yeah. in the editing software, and then I realize it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> I don't have to touch yeah, it. Right. I don't even. Have, I don't have to raise the volume. I don't have to put any effect on it. Yes. It's absolutely perfect. Blake, trust the artist. I know. Trust that's the what, artist. Right. Just give yourself I mean, over you, to the artist. And for our <laughs> listeners, you have to, to, just so they can picture this, this kid looks like, he's got awesome hair, by the way. Oh, yeah. He looks like a little Patrick Mahomes. That's yeah. what he looks like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so it's just funny to 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 hear that. So Anyway. That's awesome. But, yeah, so the the – plays on the 18th so make sure everybody comes out and is part of that and then on the 25th because i've had a lot of people ask yeah on the 25th that uh christmas day falls on a sunday we are having services that day yeah and we're going to have them at 10 30 unless we have no it's 10 a.m 10 that's yes, right, one 10. service at 10 a.m 10 a.m and and basically we're going to do communion that day it's going to be candlelight communion with a little bit of Christmas carols, so it's going to be a good time. All right. Don't forget, there's no midweek this week. That's, That's right. right. No wins. No Wednesday night service this week. We will be back next Wednesday night on the thirtieth. Yep. So, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we will see you next May time. You all. One day on a twenty five hundred pound <laughs> pumpkin. <laughs>
I thought you were about to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. And I was like, you're a month out, bro. <laughs> Sandy Gravy.